You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Hoags, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. Oh, I got ice cream in the trunk. I am excited to be here to cover Spider-Man Homecoming, folks. I'm not even going to waste time with some bit. I just want to talk about this fucking movie. It's, I, I'm, I'm excited to see uh, how we all liked it we had any nitpicks or i mean this episode might be a little nitpicky just because i i think we all probably enjoyed the movie a bit too much yeah it's one of my favorite things to do which is to do a movie that is just having having just come out because it's far different than making fun of a movie from the 1980s that does a bad job of representing captain america or, or whatever it may be so it's uh yeah it's exciting to get into a movie that um is getting good critical reviews had sort of a weird fluctuating financial uh, a scenario we talked about in the mini episode where it did yeah. really well and then sort of took a dip, but whatever. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, as always, you know, I'm doing a Spider-Man episode. Peter Parker is in this movie, so you know I'm going to one man, one man as my Spider-Man guest, and that man is Chris Doom. So, <laughs> the, the Chris, eloquent Chris, Chris Doom. Doom. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Doom, while listening to the mini episode, was surprised that he was going to be on it yeah, because yeah. he hadn't asked. I forgot. Yet. <laughs> I hadn't asked him. He was actually asked. Yeah, I was. I was literally walking down the street. And they're like, "Yeah, hopefully next episode will I have on our resident Spider-Man expert?" I'm like, "I think that's me." <laughs> what if? What if I just had like a different friend? Yeah. That was like knew more about Spider-Man than you. Would that? Yeah. Would that? <laughs> I, I, you I know what? Been... I'm fine with that. If, yeah. yeah, it's a new friend for you yeah. too. Yeah. I get it. That's, that's, a, that's a positive outlook you got yeah. over there. Um, but yeah, I we saw... just excited we had a guest who actually listens to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's it a nice change of pace. Um, well, Pogues, I know that it's been a bit since uh, our last recording. So you, I believe, saw Spider-Man Homecoming maybe like a weekend ago? Um, I saw it the second week it was out, so right. I guess you had... Yeah, we saw it. Uh, well, I saw it for the first time last night, mm-hmm. and Chris. So what's it? Is it been out for three weeks now? Yes. So I've seen it every week for the last. Three weeks. <laughs> and you're gonna keep that going, is that correct? Yes. Yes. Keep... No. So actually, <laughs> just for me personally, see it every week it's in theaters. Um, I'm just enjoying seeing it with people who haven't seen it. I, yeah, I know what that's um, like. Yeah. Just because it's such a fun movie that seeing people's reactions to it is really enjoyable. Versus, um, Spider-Man Two. It, like, hit other, like, emotional buttons for me, so, like, I was fine going alone to theaters to see that. I don't think I will be going alone to see this another time in theaters. And if I recall, you had a similar reaction to observing the critical reaction of a Spider-Man movie while in the theater, and that was when he took someone to see Spider-Man 3 and then had to apologize? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, that was I don't understand. Fun. Why did you have to apologize? <laughs> Was it during they the jazz sequence that you apologized, or did you wait till the end? I waited till the end, uh-huh. and then my friend was like, oh, thank God, I thought I had to pretend I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a good friend, though. Yeah, oh, no, I mean, she was going to, like, she was going to tough it out and just pretend, like, uh... She thought it was fine, but... I just, I just pictured her in her own head being like, well, I guess they can comment that the lighting is pretty good in this scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, could you imagine, though, like, while the film is going on and there's that scene at the jazz club, and he's like, find us some shade. In his mind, he's like, oh, no, I have to lie to Chris for the rest of the night. Yeah. For the rest I, of our lives. Mind trying to, yeah, <laughs> trying to prepare for everything. He's going to get me, like, a Spider-Man 3 DVD uh, as a present because he thought I liked it. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, thank oh, God. <laughs> that would be the worst. Oh. Well, to be fair, I do own it on DVD. Oh, of it's, course It's a fun movie to watch. It's a bad movie, though, as did, opposed to the other Did I not two. just call you the resident expert? Yeah. I believe I did. Yeah. I own it on DVD, too, but it came in a three-pack <laughs> yeah. of Spider-Man movies that I bought when we did the first one. <laughs> so, but this is Homecoming. Mm-hmm. The first Marvel made spider-man movie since they sold the rights way back when it's a good point uh still a sony film sony mm-hmm. got all them sweet sweet dollars from it but marvel made out of the deal if you saw the leaked footage of infinity wars you get to see spider-man front mm-hmm. and center in that and sony gets jack off for that so they're probably excited but let's let's uh go ahead and get into it so what's interesting, um, uh, for those that maybe didn't tune in to our mini-episode, which I'm sure isn't a lot, um, the mini-episode we discussed the brief for at length the director, uh, John Watts, who uh, his entire like filmography before this is a couple of pretty small films, as well as um, a lot of video work for the Onion News Network, the, uh, the sort of like fake video Onion News. So a total like weird indie comedian uh running this like top like a plus name recognition franchise it's pretty bizarre and it worked amazingly as does most of these marvel calls to pick someone who's a little bit of an oddball to do a marvel movie and make it a little bit different absolutely although i do have to say in the case of the spider-man franchise Mm -hmm. he is still a bit standing on the shoulders of everyone who's made a spider-man movie before this point and he's seen what didn't work and what did work. And also, he's got a lot of studio oversight yeah. on this um, and a lot of guidance. So you're saying he has like a whiteboard somewhere where he's crossed out Jazz Fight. Yeah. But he's circled yeah. like pub- no evil. public transportation disaster. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he saw the train <laughs> scene worked out, the boat scene. It's going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking the fact that's their go-to with Spider-Man. They're like, yeah. what famous New York landmark that moves can we put him on? <laughs> Though it was kind of cool that there was a piece of this movie took place in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, just yeah, for the, they, just for the excitement of that like height and that like that layer of, of intensity for Spider-Man to be, yeah. you know, fighting uh, basically fighting D.C. cops <laughs> to save his friends inside the Washington Monument. Yeah. Although, they had a lot of fun also just, like, with having him being in places where there aren't tall buildings. I fucking love that. Yeah. And, what? like, the bit is just, like... Or where he's running across the field was great. <laughs> like, the golf course, like, the sprinklers turn on. Because, and... like, everyone makes that joke. Like, yeah. they always make that joke where it's like, oh, what does he do when you know, there's no buildings around? He's not in New York. Yeah. Uh, so it was fun to actually see someone call it out. Well, then, additionally on that, in the past, because fans have always, yeah, like you said, made that joke. And in the past, people at Marvel have commented, like, as a counter joke, is like, Anytime you don't see what he's swinging from, assume there's a helicopter up there that he's swinging from. And so there was kind of like that joke was used in the DC scene where the police helicopter pulls up, and that's the only thing he can web to so he can actually get a swing to break through of the course. window. Yeah, of course. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll just from the top. Um, so uh, how long is this movie? I felt like it was long, but I, I couldn't tell. two hours. Uh, yeah, I didn't complain about it, but it felt yeah, like it I, got I a lot the in movie, it. I thought it went fast it wasn't too long this movie's also interesting sort of in our the movies we've done because while being it's technically not the first spider-man movie because you know we've seen so many iterations but it's a reboot of the character 
but with none of his backs. Like, yeah. Like, all of his origin is just assumed. I, I don't even think they actually mention that his uncle's dead, do they? No, 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 no Ben. All they you got is They just mention that something, that his, that his aunt's been going through some stuff. Yeah, yeah, plus a radioactive spider is mentioned, and that's it. Right. But that's fine, I think, for all audiences, yeah. right? And again, it's yeah. just because it's able to stand on the shoulders of the other movies. Right. Right. It's just, and like, however many TV series that have existed that have already gone through all of this, like... I don't know, and like just superhero movies in general, it's just like everyone knows what a superhero is at this point. We can get into this, yeah. yeah. And we don't well, have I mean, to plus, worry about confusing I, the audience. I think with like um, Spider-Man, you know, it's like I expect at least a partial origin story of the Black Panther in the Black Panther movie, just because he's not a well-known superhero. Like you know what I mean? But it's like Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. I think are probably like the three big. Everybody knows their origin story. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you went to see a Superman movie, you don't need to be told he's an alien. You don't need to be told Batman's parents are dead. I know you wouldn't think that from watching DC movies where they work it in as many times as humanly possible. Even in non-origin stories of them, they bring it up. And but, this, so this was an interesting turn. And this movie, also in addition to the pre- the, the, the preceding Spider-Man films that aren't this guy, they, they aren't the same Spider-Man, he's obviously younger different kind of Aunt May situation. There's a bunch, a bunch of things are different here. But it's directly tied to the Avengers, you know, you know, the MCU, and specifically to the uh, Civil War film, in which Spider-Man sort of premiered, so yeah. to speak, the new Spider-Man. Um, it opens with that, basically, that found footage kind of, like, thing. Yeah, with him filming him his own. excitedly going. Which felt like... Could it's see Happy Hogan's return. Yeah, like a lot of Happy Hogan, actually. Yeah. He's a yeah, surprising primary yeah, character. John Favreau got more screen time than uh, Tony Stark did. <laughs> yeah, he really did. Did you like, did you feel like this was almost just like uh, they were making this movie and they were like, you know who we really owe a really big debt to is <laughs> John Favreau for making that first Iron Man movie and doing it so well? I find we should just put him back in here to give him a cu- give him a few extra bucks. I find his happy performance so endearing, though. Like he's just <laughs> yeah, he's so like uncle uncle like. Uh, uh, in terms of with Peter there. Um, but yeah, we get this sort of found footage of him recording his time, which I thought was hilarious, is they could have just had him, like, jubilant about the actual fight scene at the airport. But they kind of played to the joke that if Spider-Man was at the airport and Tony sort of revealed him there as the sort of surprise moment, that means that, yeah, he had to, like, fly him to... <laughs> fly him Berlin, out. yeah. To, to, to what Berlin. I love is and and, is when he and put him in a hotel shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved is when he's like, why are suit up? And he comes in and he's wearing his old Spider-Man costume. He's like, why are you wearing that? And he's like, over here. He's like, this is still my room. Yeah. This is one <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. Well, there's like his the reaction like, to being in a suite was so good. Yeah. Well, because I mean, like even before he's like, I've never been on a plane before. Yeah. Let alone yeah. Like, a private plane. Like I don't know that there's bathrooms. Or that I shouldn't just sit next to you. Yeah. I love all that bit was so funny because. Yeah, it's like playing with like the what's just outside the panels of a of a of a comic book scene, you know. The moments just before and after a scene that we actually, you know, make up on this podcast for comedic effect, they're did in the comic. Like, what's it like to bring Spider Man to Berlin, a fourteen year old kid, and then just stash him in a hotel? Yeah. Just a, a brilliant bit of comedy to open the open the open the uh, the movie up with. Though I I wonder what that scene feels like to someone who maybe doesn't watch the MCU movies and just came in for oh I like Spider Man 
I mean, it's not like you're not going to be bewildered. It's not like it's a dramatic like setup, but those that those, that footage is going to confuse you a little bit. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. if you haven't been watching any of the MCU stuff, a lot of stuff in this movie is going to confuse you. You're not going to know who the aliens are. You're not going to know who these oh, yeah. bots are. You're not going to know who Iron Man is. Who like all these things are really important to the story they're telling. It, it makes the movie almost an integral integral or it makes the MCU integral to this movie, mm-hmm. which is odd because that's sort of the struggle that movies uh, directors have is they want to make a movie that plays off of the prequel, you know, the pre- the preceding movie or other movies in the sort of universe, but they don't want to alienate um, uh, watchers. But this movie and basically all the Marvel movies coming out now, oh, this is fuck it. If you're not seeing it, we don't, I don't know what you're well, yeah, doing. I, mean, I think, I think they realize at this point that, if you are a fan of comic book movies, I mean, just their, you know, the amount of money they make is probably clue them in to be like, everyone knows what's happening. Even if they're not seeing the movie, this shit's covered everywhere. Like, there's no way you're like, oh, Spider-Man was in Civil War. Even if you didn't see it, you had to know because it was such a huge deal. Like, as long as you're somewhat into nerd news, I, I think. So it is interesting, but they've spent such a long time building it up that I think now it's just the assumption is... We have our audience, and we make enough money off them that we're just going to do what we want for them only. So yeah. it seems to work in this film. I mean, the opening is great. The tie-in to um, – is it, it's the Chitari, right, that we're in the Avengers? Yeah, the Chitari. Yeah, I think since they made up, like, another group of aliens for some reason. Well, but there's they, a, the Chitari are what they call a scroll in the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I Which I don't that. know if you – if you saw, but the Skrull are going to be in the MCU. Yeah. That's the villain okay. in the Captain Marvel movie. They, that's, that makes sense. It takes I mean, place in the 1990s during that, a Skrull invasion. That has to happen. And 1990s Skrull invasion? Yeah, it's going it's like, to be... Just got me kind of jazz. Like, that, that that phrase just kind of got me amped. Yeah, it's very um, interesting. So, But this movie does a great job. It also introduces right off the bat when we meet the, the vulture, the man who will become the vulture. He's got a contract with the city to try to clean up all the debris from the mammoth invasion. It's taken away when damage control shows up, which is a Marvel comics group, which has existed since, I don't know, probably like the nineties. It's a group that comes in and cleans up after superheroes, uh, after their battles. And in a shocking event, they end up creating many villains in the comic. If I recall correctly, um, but we're introduced to a time daily who I don't know why the fuck she's in this movie. <laughs> like, I don't get why they had to hire a, like a named actress for that role. I don't know. I don't know her. She has yeah. three lines. I'll be honest. I didn't know who she was either. Oh, um, well, I mean, she's not like that famous, but it just seemed like an odd choice to pick a, like a known actress to be just a throwaway. Yeah. And I mean, maybe she'll have a larger role in other MCU stuff. True. Like they will probably someone. make that. Yeah. Um, Michael Keaton is one of my favorite people acting right now. Mm-hmm. He is so goddamn good. Like, I thought it was, it was kind of a joke that he was going to be the Vulture after just recently doing Birdman, yeah. which he was quite known for, which was more of a parody of, of his time as Batman. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this can't be, like, this can't be real. But he really... He'll only do avian-themed yeah. movies now. <laughs> I yeah. wish that was true. He really pitched himself into this role. Like, I mean... I actually had a couple of times during this movie, one of the reasons I very much liked it is can be summed up with the fact that m- multiple times during this movie, I just was in the middle of it thinking to myself, 
fuck, this person's doing a good job. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought about it, Michael yeah. Keaton, and I thought about it, actually, weirdly, Tony Stark, I thought about Robert Downey Jr. When he was, like, on oh, that yeah, rooftop, he's... and he de-suited and was giving him that lecture, I'm just like, fucking Robert. Robert Downey <laughs> Jr., at this point in time, I think has just become Tony Stark in real life. It's, it's, it's I don't know so if you've seen interviews. He has become, like, he talks like Tony Stark does now. Yeah, he's like got this cadence. Like, like, in tweet level tech, you know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. all of his sentences would fit as a tweet and be scathing. But the kid who plays Spider-Man, I think, is really what makes this movie. To me, he plays the perfect young Spider-Man. Uh, like, a nerdy dude who's suddenly cool but doesn't know yeah. how to be cool. And he's, un- he's, like, incapable of, like, understanding that people like Spider-Man. And... Just trying to like the navigate. Like, I love that they kept him in high school and everything. Yeah, I think it works that's really super well. Important. Yeah, but I also that's, think that's my favorite Spider-Man. They, I was so happy to see them do this modern version of what a nerd is, and same thing at the same time, like the opposite of that, where like with Flash Thompson, like the modern version of what a bully is. He's not someone who actually beats you up for your lunch money, but he's gonna like yeah. make fun of you. He's gonna. He's like, got a nice car. Yeah, yeah. he's got you know like. And it's just, yeah, it's just giving you a hard time Let's and making you look miserable, but, like... Yeah. About Fleisch Thompson. This guy, I, I don't know if you guys recognize the actor. Uh, yeah, I did. Um, from, uh, fuck, uh, Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. He is the bellhop. And oh, fuck, are you was, serious? Yeah. Yeah, it's zero. It is the exact opposite not. portrayal he could do. Yeah. Except for there is one scene that reminded me so much of Grand Budapest Hotel, which is... When Spider-Man's hanging upside down and he falls through the shaft of the Washington Monument, and there's just that upshot, and then you see his head slide over the edge. He's like, "Do you know Peter Parker?" <laughs> that, one, that one I laughed really loud at in the theater because I was like, "That's almost like they were just like, how would he do this? Like the you know um, what's his name, Wes Anderson, like to come in and be like, how would we just throw in? Because it's like such a weird angled shot, and uh, it's it's interesting to see that kid play like an entirely different role." But I'm glad he's in movies because he's amazing in Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yeah I dug so, up actually an old scene from I guess it's Spider-Man. Yes, the, from the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man where he like fights Flash in the hallway, and that Flash is classic. Like he is, he's got oh, the yeah. exact same he's got haircut. Got a shell bracelet. He's got the same <laughs> shirt. Like he's just ready to fucking like beat up Peter in every four seconds. Yeah, and it's very much true that, that it feels so like. So greaser and so kind of antiquated. If they did that now, it wouldn't fly. I mean, the, I guess yeah. the, I guess the the what should we call it? Uh, the last iteration of Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield. His was also a little bit updated. He was more like a jock, mm-hmm. a modern jock. He wasn't so much. Well, like, that is yeah. Flash know, is a, always supposed to be like the jock of the school. But like and, old uh, Flash, look, he was in like the Outsiders. Like, <laughs> well, that's because when they invented him, it was the yeah. 1960s. No, and I know. That was what, but even, like, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, he still had that same vibe. And they kind of updated him a little bit with Garfield. I thought I this was it, a like, cool take, because it's, it's, it felt, it's the same, it's the same vibe, but it's a wholly different, like, angle. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like, yeah, I like, I think it's like what Chris said, is it's sort of like he's the, he's a bully, but in, instead of being like, all jocks hate nerds, it's like, there's just bullies in each little group, and so like he's kind of the bully of the smart kids. Yeah, yeah. Because Although, like he, he's clearly he's clearly very rich. Yeah. And he he looks down on everybody else, but even though he's not really that smart, he's still like. And I like that idea that it wasn't just like because it would have just been weird to insert him if it's just like this jock to be like, why is he with these like nerds all the time? Yeah. 
And, like, the whole thing was this was set in a science, like, high school. So, like, all these kids are there yeah. because they have shown aptitude and interest, whether their personal interest or their parents' forced interest yeah. in sciences. Like, this isn't, you know, like, a school. Yeah, like, you're not there like just because you're a job. School. Like, you're there because you have academic, like, um, you know, leanings. So, Speaking of uh, athlete, athletics, though, can we talk real quick about the gym class? Yes. <laughs> The gym class Holy had, shit. in my opinion, what is the best joke in the entire movie. Yes, yeah. Which is they have these terrible Captain America PSAs, <laughs> which is in and of itself a brilliant joke. It is the best inclusion of Captain America they could have done oh, in this movie. absolutely, like 100%. But he is doing, like, what is essentially the Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. like, Iron Man, like, Ronald Reagan fitness program. And Captain America's talking, and there's two, like, that whole scene is great because he's like, my friend, your gym teacher, and he points, but the gym teacher's on the wrong side of the TV. Yep. Good bit. But then what is great is he's like, now let's do it, and the guy turns it off. He's like, all right, I think he's a war criminal now, but the state makes me show this. And I was like, that is such a throwaway joke. <laughs> I know. It's yeah. so brilliant because I'm like, somebody realized while they were filming this to be like, why would they still be using these? Yeah. He's wanted as a terrorist, as like a criminal. But it's just the way the guy says it is. I'm pretty sure he's a war criminal. Because it's like, just like a throwaway. Cool. Like, he's even like, and Hannibal, I'm not sure. Yeah, Hannibal Burris is just hilarious in everything he's oh, in. He's, but, he's killing it, and it's amazing. But he also, plays like a gym teacher so well. Yeah. So I was going to say, for this movie, there are nine credited writers on the screenplay. I'm sorry, no, eight credited writers on the screenplay. Really? Um, that's but a I'm, lot for a Marvel movie. That's a lot. Yeah. But and I'm that's a lot for sure a movie. it's just someone wrote the story... And then they brought in everyone else to do punch up. Oh and they yeah, all probably. just like were comedic writers because there are jokes on jokes on jokes yeah. throughout this movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie is almost as much a comedy as it is anything else. Yeah, it's true. And, and I'm not saying like it's a comedy like there's jokes. Like I mean, like it is a funny movie. Like they, I literally laughed numerous times, not just like chuckled, but like really laughed at some but great thank, acting thank, and, and jokes. Thank fucking god, because if I mean, obviously, what Chris said earlier was right that that this movie is standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, the other movies got to sort of test the waters on what worked for uh, a just superhero movies, but also b Spider Man. But I had always complained that of the many flaws that you could point out, the biggest one for me is that they were rarely funny. Mm -hmm. Like, Toby was pretty okay. I thought Andrew wasn't that funny. I See, I actually I thought no. the opposite. I thought Toby had no humor in his Spider-Man, <laughs> and I thought Andrew Garfield at least had funny lines. Like, there's that like, one where, like, the carjacker pulls a knife on him, and yeah. like, oh no, my weakness, tiny knives. See, I can't remember almost any, I don't know, but... but uh, it, I, I'm going to have to disagree with our, our Spider-Man expert. <laughs> in either those case... Those were the lines in those that, that killed me, because it was like... That's one thing with Spider-Man that's so hard to do is when a person is in a fight and trying to make snarky comments, if they're not really funny, they just come off like you're an idiot. Like, you know what I mean? And to me, that line, I was like, oh, this is awful. Like, spider it's just not how I pictured him. But I like this, that I thought they, <laughs> this is how I thought they, I did it, they did it perfect is, like, he just talks because he's nervous, and which has sort of always been Spider-Man's thing. He yeah. talks because he's nervous and he's trying to distract people because he's not really – like he doesn't know what he's doing. He's not trained in any way. He just happens to have superpowers. And so I thought they – in these movies, they nail like the fact – they even bring it up in Civil War where you know, 
uh, Falcon's like, you know, people don't talk this much when they're in a fight normally, and he's like, oh, I didn't know that. Like, he, but he still can't stop himself. Yeah. yeah also, I, I kind of like, uh, uh, well, I very much like the scene with him when he meets um, uh, Don Glover's character in yes. the garage, and he's like, you're not that good at this part of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to get better at this part of it. And that's yeah. when he, he sticks his hand to it, and he's like, all right, that'll dissolve in two hours. He's like, no, you got to make this right now. And he's like, no, and he's like, I got ice cream in here. He's like, yeah, but you're a criminal. You deserve it. Yeah. He's like running but off. You deserve it as he runs away. He's like, you swing away. It's not dramatic. He just like jogs away across <laughs> yeah. a parking lot. He also <laughs> tries to leave before he has the location. Yeah. <laughs> These are just good. Yeah, it's just, it, it's, it, it feels like an authentic young kid who doesn't have everything like locked down. There's a lot of like going on. Plus someone who's trying to do this shit for the first time. So I'm right in assuming this, right, uh, Chris, our expert, that Donald Glover's character is Miles Morales' uncle, correct? Yeah. And actually, yeah, like, when I f- saw the first trailer with him in it, I was just, like, given his history with the Spider-Man franchise, with, like, it's more, like, fan stuff, like, everyone's wanted him to play Spider-Man forever, and then they base Miles Morales kind of off of him, and other stuff, and I'm like, as soon as I saw him, like, oh, he has to be playing Miles' uncle, Aaron Davis, a.k.a. The Prowler. Uh, yeah, which then, I believe that is, I think his, he might actually be listed on IMDb as that. But yeah. I assume that had to be, if not, that the reference was too uh, obvious for it not to be that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also there was the other, because, well, the big reference was at some point he said, he tells Spider-Man where to find Vulture because he's like, they're doing a, a weapons deal. I want to get these weapons out of the neighborhood because I have a nephew who lives here. Yeah. Reference yeah. to Miles. But then also, previous to that, when he was actually buying weapons off them in the first place, they were showing him all these weapons, like, I don't want to fucking, like, teleport someone, or, like, something like that. He's yeah. like, I just, I just want to hold someone up. And they're, like, going through stuff, they're, like, listing off things they have, and the only one that he shows any interest in at some point is, like, oh, we have climbing gloves. And that's the Prowler's whole thing. He has these, like, claws that he uses to, like, climb up walls. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, re- after we talked about this earlier, I was looking up some of his backstory, because, frankly, I, I don't have a lot of... Uh, familiarity with with uh, the Prowler, but yeah, Aaron Davis, which is also how uh, Donald Glover is credited in the IMDb credits, so not even yeah, theory. So, all Accurate. right. Um, well, we also get uh, and they actually, more they say his name in the movie. Uh, Do they? I couldn't remember if they when said they, his name. When the costume identifies him, yeah. it's like he is. His name is Aaron Davis, and shows his criminal record. And like, and, and uh, his history. The short version is that uh, is that he. Is a thief uh, working with his brother. His brother starts a family and kind of abandons life of crime. He goes on to continue as the Prowler, and at some point he raids Oscorp uh, and un- unknowingly carries home one of the genetically modified spiders in his bag, which crawls out and bites his nephew, who's Miles Morales. Yeah. So uh, pretty cool of them to plant that because I think I think Miles Morales has seemed to me to become a pretty popular yeah. Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, we haven't actually said who Miles Morales is yet, and he's the current Spider-Man. Yeah, he's the, the current Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Ultimate universe. And people see... Well, the ultimate universe is gone, though. I know, they, I know they fused it with the regular Marvel universe, yeah. but that wasn't that long ago. It seems to be a success of this character, because mm-hmm. I hear a lot about him. Oh, he's, he's like one of the popular. only characters from the Ultimates universe that survived when they got yeah. rid of it. Like, they sort of did a, an event that merged the two universes, and most of the characters were killed off. So it's incredibly smart to make him lay the foundation to maybe have this be a character at some point in the franchise. That's 
smart. I don't know if they ever will, or if it's just this is just like a like a reference or a call out. I don't know. But either way, it's really cool that they, they did this. Um, but they also brought in some some interesting other villains in here. Uh, you get reference mm-hmm. to the Shocker, who is one yep. of Spider-Man's sort of C-list characters. Who's and the out jacket. The jacket yeah, has like the, the jacket sleeves. Was a, good, was a good play on uh, the Shocker's sort of weird outfit where he's like yellow with like fishnet stockings. He's, well, no, what it is, is it's like body. A, it's a quilted pattern that absorbs the impact of his gauntlets otherwise he would kill himself when he used oh, the gauntlets. Oh, the drawing is not good in the old comics. Right. It looks yeah. like he's just wearing fishnets. But you get him, uh, you're introduced to, I forget his name, it's like Corrigan or something, who is the Scorpion, which I actually remembered his character Gorgon. solely from the cartoon, the Spider-Man mm-hmm. cartoon. I remembered it from there and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder, and then when he didn't show up again until he, he does show up in the end credits. At first, I was like, wow, what a weird choice to just name him after a Spider-Man villain <laughs> and then not have him appear again. You get uh, Phineas Mason, mm-hmm. the tinkerer. Uh, yep. That's working with Vulture to produce his various uh, high-tech gadgets. Yeah. The other thing was, so there were two guys that play the or like take on the role of the Shocker in the oh, movie. Oh, right, right. Um, so the guy who is the Shocker at the end of the movie is actually Herman Schultz, who is the Shocker in the comics. The other guy was, um... Fuck, what was it? I Sorry, I... Was he, like, a previous Shocker? No, he... So what it is is, um... He... His supervillain name is Montana. Oh. He's one of the Enforcers, which, totally understandable if you have no idea who the Enforcers <laughs> yeah, are. I, I really don't. Um, it's a group of, like, three, like, mob guys. They don't have superpowers, but, like, Montana's really good with a whip. Fancy Dan. Oh, really I know those guns. characters. Yeah. And then they have Ox, who's just a big, strong guy. Yeah, I know all those guys. Yeah. yeah. So one of them was supposed to be... So one of them is Montana, the guy who's supposed to be good with a whip. Really? Um, the one who got vaporized? The guy who gets vaporized. <laughs> uh, That's a good scene, too, where he gets shot and vaporized, and then Michael Keaton turns around and is like, I thought this was the anti-gravity gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that character, Montana... In the spectacular Spider-Man cartoon, is the one who becomes the Shocker because in that comic it's like a stolen gov- experimental, like government, like war weapon, like you know, like a weapon suit or something like that. Um, so that's kind of a throwback, but that's a really niche like throwback uh, because I don't think many people watch that cartoon. <laughs> we'll uh, never know. <laughs> so outside the villains, there's obviously. Some obvious return characters like um, Aunt May, mm-hmm. who uh, we were discussing this in the bar earlier. It's interesting because it's weird for all of us who've watched the Spider-Man animated series and read all Spider-Man comics because in I would say about eighty to ninety percent of every incarnation of Aunt May, she is a hundred and thirty. She mm-hmm. is a a a bent over old lady. So the fact that she's fucking Marissa Tomei is odd. But our, our friend pointed out. Wouldn't that just be the, the right age for someone's aunt of that age? Yeah. Of, of like a teenager yeah, yeah. of that age? It would like, be odd that your aunt would be yeah, yeah, like 40 years older than your mom would have been. Because she's yeah. like in the late 60s in the comics. Yeah. And you're like, but he's like 19. The age difference between his parents and her is, is the implication absurd. That she's just like a family member and they call her like aunt? Like, no, 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 like that's actually... She, that's his, that just happens. Like Uncle Ben is his dad's brother. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah, so so it's funny because, yeah, it's odd to those who have thought of Aunt May one way, uh, but then it makes complete goddamn sense when you just put it all together. <laughs> that is the right age 
Marissa are you Tomei, saying that you're upset because you wanted her to still be a gilf? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like what they did. I was I was way less attracted to Aunt May than I than I was in previous. Ooh, gross. Disgusting. I was disappointed that there were no weak cake references from Aunt May. That's a yeah. that's a real deep Spider-Man cut. Also, that is that is a deep Spider-Man cut. A real uh, letdown. They they really missed that chance when she comes in says what she was making was ruined. She should have said the wheat cakes. Mm-hmm. But she seems more like a big sister in this this movie a little bit she's less like a maternal force and more like just like oh go go talk go talk to girls and Mm -hmm. go to this party and like just be a kid you know yeah and i think she's like trying to but like also like they never really established how long he's been living with her it also seems like they try to dress her older to try and cut down on the well she dresses confusing i don't know if it's older it's just like somebody was like what if we give her, like, high-waisted clown pants in every scene? And yeah. it's just like, oh. She dresses very late 70s. It's, yeah. it's, it's really odd. It is because, very odd where you're just like, I don't like this. Please stop. Because if she's, I don't know, what would we estimate, 40, 45, 50? Yeah, she can't be older than 50, I would say. I mean, they don't say in the movie. I'm just going off how old Marissa Tomei actually probably yeah. is. Right, then, then, then her dressing like she's an adult in the 70s doesn't make a ton of sense. Anyway, it's probably just vintage. Um... But there are a ton of other uh, characters from the Spider-Man universe. Um, there's, we were talking about earlier, there's Ned, mm-hmm. uh, who is his friend, who yeah. I would not say is intended to be a one-to-one recreation of the comic book Ned. Well, no, what he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be Miles Morales' friend in yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, there's a few references to some of the characters in the school that I think are more references to characters from the Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. That makes right. sense. So they, they named him Ned after the character Ned Leeds, but they never gave him a last name. The same way they never gave Liz a last name, even though like all the fans were just like, oh, Liz, she must be Liz Allen. Oh, it's got to be Liz Toomes, though, isn't it? That... Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's uh, what, is it Victor Toomes? Adrian. Yes. Victor Toombs oh, yeah. is like the villain from X, the X-Files, right? Uh, that's a Toombs. I'm not sure if yeah. it's Victor, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that is a Toombs. One of, one of the Toombs villains. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, then the, like, you already said there's Liz. Mm-hmm. I guess there's MJ is... Is that no. what she's supposed to Michelle be? Michelle is going can, to be some sort of MJ equivalent. Equivalent, can, can yeah. I, can I get you guys' opinion real quick on this? Because this is something I'm confused by. They The whole movie she is referred to as Michelle. Mm-hmm. Then at the very end, she says, my friends call me MJ. So you're like, oh, is she supposed to be this like universe's version of Mary Jane? At which point, why isn't she just named Mary? I mean, it's not like it's an odd name. Like, why couldn't her name just be Mary J? Or why does she have to be Mary? Like, I didn't get, like, there's no reason for her to be Mary J. And if she is, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you have just named the character Mary? I, I don't get it. I think they just want to establish that she is going to be a main female character moving forward from this because she is some well, I, like pop star or something like that right yeah i have no idea who the hell she was but everybody was like that was zendanya or something i was like yeah yeah young young musicians i know all about them she was apparently like a big disney star too but i just thought it was an odd choice to be like because then they immediately came out and they're like, no, she's not Mary Jane. And I'm like, then why put that in the movie? I already understood that yeah. clearly yeah. she was going to be the love interest or in the next film. Because it's clear she it has a crush on Peter. Because mm-hmm. there's like that scene where she's like, he quit band and whatever. And they all look at her and she's like, I'm, I'm not, not obsessed. obsessed. I'm just hyper observant. But it's like clear that she's saying that because 
she is upset. So it's like, mm-hmm. I just found it odd that I was just like, I don't get why they did that. Because it's like, just don't make her the character or just give her the name. E- either way is fine. It just seemed like an odd choice to be like, we're going to tie her to a character that we immediately want to say she is not that character. It just seemed yeah. like so, such an odd thing to do. And it's delivered as such a throwaway that you're just, it was like, oh, this didn't well, really need to. I just thought it was weird. I didn't know if you yeah. guys felt like a similar sort of. But it was like, it's kind of what they did with like every character like they were like they're kind of like the comic character but they're not right yeah like, liz all... is not liz allen from the comics right ned's not ned i mean you said he's one yeah. ultimates or miles Morales, uh, but the vulture is not the vulture of the comics he is a much better vulture he's a literal scavenger also not a grandpa like he is in the comics yeah, yeah. also not just wearing a onesie with like a fur <laughs> neck yeah I mean, I mean, props to them for turning one of Spider-Man's stupid, two of Spider-Man's stupidest looking uh, villains into yeah. pretty decent versions. That's gotta a be tough. Shocker, like, a good-looking vulture. You're like yeah. the character designer on a movie like this, and then they give you like original art of the Shocker. And you're like, guys, guys. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing this to me? Get the fuck out of here. I have to make this guy in like yellow quilted northern paper towels. Yeah. Like, what the fuck am I gonna do with this? <laughs> It's like, um, a, uh, you know that, like, there was, like, that, like, Molly Seiler's, like, prop guy, like, comedy video. Yeah, 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 where, you, where they're describing this shit that he's gonna have to put together for a fucking bonkers-ass Molly Seiler's video. Yeah. That's exactly what you gotta get when the first Spider-Man prop guy had to put together his yeah. fucking set list. Um, he's like, how many arms <laughs> for this doc? Um, but, uh, uh, this was a really good one that I totally missed, but Chris picked up, maybe something having to do with three viewings but um chris pointed out uh that one of uh peter parker's original love interest betty brant from yes, the daily the girl the daily on like Google, their version of the tv is yeah. on like the hol- fucking hilarious oh, morning tv so show because we had one of those yeah at my school so much of did you guys have like i think it was called station one we did, did you have, have those when you were in high school, school? But like, um, one of the school I wanted to go to had it, had that. They, like, they had a huge AV program. That's actually why I wanted to go to that high school. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, but like, I, that was perfect. Yeah, we had our own, and it was so fucking like bad Photoshop, like, like a oh, meme picture, on. the shitty I... like pixelated cropped photo of Spider-Man <laughs> climbing up the monument. <laughs> I love too that it like pops up and it's like text that's like slightly off center, yeah. and yeah. It's, like Spider-Man yeah. friend or fo- and it's like so long coming out that you're just like Jesus. <laughs> and it's like oh, little... I love this off center and the fact that they're like awkwardly staring directly at the camera lens. Yeah, they're good interstitials. They're just like good fun like layer hearted shit but yeah both like, I, I had read that both were relevant characters although i only recognize betty brant um yeah the other one's like jason ionello or something like that which is apparently someone someone in oh, like super, deep 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 spider-man super like niche. someone at, someone at the bottom of yeah. the spider-man like comic wikipedia page <laughs> but not even like niche in the way it's like he's like a classic character he's like a niche like 90s character <laughs> he's like a character on so the like, mark He's a character in the Marvel Wikia that just says, please help us fill out this Wikipedia page. Yeah. <laughs> He's a niche of the niche of 90s comics where it was yeah. just like, put some pouches on a guy and just call him whatever you want. Something extreme, though. He's like, if they had like a Spider-Man like blind action figure box, he'd be the most disappointing figure to get out yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be the one you get the 85% of. You're just like, yeah. Yeah. the one Venom figure. He's, his, his rarity is super common. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's who that guy is. Um, but it was it was it was really fun to see a good jokes and b 
people who fucking know their Spider-Man shit, man. Yeah, because as we're yeah. getting, th- we're we're not even through all like the 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 comic book like tether points in this uh, in this movie, which is insane. Because when we cover like other Spider-Man movies, we don't even get this much. I don't yeah. think there's a lot in here. No, they jam I, this. Um, yeah, I think Marvel's become really good at like the Easter egg or however you want to say it, like the reference that only nerds get that is not. Like takes you disruptive. Out of, you know what I mean? Like in a lot of the older superhero movies, there's like these things where they'll be like, oh, you know, like something will happen, and they'll zoom in on like a sign, and it'll be the name of a company from the comic. And normal people are like, what the? Why are they doing that? Yeah. Like they don't get it. But nerds are like, that's cool. These movies are like, if you don't know who Betty Brand is, it doesn't affect that video at all. It's still funny. You still laugh. But if you know Spider Man, you're like, oh, I know, I know who Betty Brand is. She's a character. She also ended up working at the, I think the Daily Bugle as the receptionist. Yes. Oh. And, so- she was played by uh, what's her name? Can't think of her name. So this was a waste of time to bring up. Uh, Elizabeth Banks. Thank you very much. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks and the and the Tobey Maguire Spider Man's. But mm-hmm. like, there's all those little things that I think are like cool. They put in that like you don't need to get. Like even when they do the Scorpion in the end, when you see him in prison, he has a Scorpion tattoo. But if you know nothing about Spider Man and you don't know he's the Scorpion, you're like that. That scene still works. It's a yeah. criminal who's mad at Spider Man. And then when he becomes the Scorpion in the next movie. It'll be cool for you, but if you do get it, though, you, you realize what's going to happen. And the hint of maybe like a Sinister Six-style group, because he says, I've got some friends on the outside. And you're like, oh, maybe they're going to do a play on the Sinister Six. Although Marvel has supposedly claimed they're not going to use any of the villains from the other movies. So no Doc Ock, no Lizard, yeah. no oh, Green wow. Goblin. And I don't they, they just don't want to go back and yeah, yeah like, I, I think it's probably a good idea. Don't want to retread. Get yeah. Stiltman in this shit. Yeah. Give me that Stiltman. <laughs> I mean, um, Spider Man has some interesting characters that I think would I'd love to see Marvel like update because I mean like the Vulture they update and it it works really well. Yeah, like I'd does. like to see them do like a Mysterio update because I'd love oh, to see how fuck. they do. It. Yes, yeah. Mysterio. Update. He's one of my favorite Spider Man villains. I mean, one of the means... dumbest designs. Oh my god, yeah. he's so stupid. stupid. That fishbowl, fishbowl, for fishbowl, yeah. And he's just a special effects guy. That's like yeah. his fucking like <laughs> origin. <laughs> You know they could do something cool. You know they could do something cool with Scorpion. Mm-hmm. You know they could. There's enough Spider-Man villains. Like maybe they bring in the Hobgoblin instead. You know, and they introduce that sort. So I'm looking forward to see what they could do. And I, I think that's where these movies succeed. And this one, in particular. I mean, I'm sure Chris could probably go on for like another 20 minutes pointing out more shit that none of us saw but him. Oh well, yeah. Here's an interesting one that I picked up when I was doing some reading before coming in for this episode. I did not notice this live in the movie. I'm not going to pretend to be that go- cool. But in one of the school scenes, um, especially the teacher is, I can't remember her name, but she's one of the uh, Latin women from uh, Orange is the New Black. And she's one of the teachers, just not, not in the science laboratory where he's like mixing his web, but in like the, the class where he's like watching a web a YouTube video of his own essay. Yeah, that was like the physics class. Yeah. yeah. In the physics class, when they cut to a wide shot, she's standing in front of the chalkboard, and above her, in a very natural way, are a bunch of like printouts of famous like scientists across the across the top of the board and the last one is bruce banner it's like it's mark ruffalo you know it's like oh it's like an actual picture of mark ruffalo in black and white alongside like you know uh fate like einstein like it's pretty amusing to see him up there i didn't catch that during the movie yeah um no i i don't think i I noticed that either that and uh folks did you pick up on who the actor who played the principal was not necessarily the famous actor or did you read this somewhere no, no, this is I, – I was going to ask you about this. Was there a reason that in the one scene it's so clear that he's a world – he's a, a vet from the army? So 
He was that actor played one of the Howling Commandos in Captain America: The First Avenger. He's the Asian dude in that. Yeah, yeah he's the he Asian is. dude in that, and that's a oh. picture of his character. So the so it's, more likely implication. Yeah, is yeah. that he's his grandson. He's playing his own grandson, basically, yeah. the actor I, I wonder, because I was like, it's so prevalent in this shot that you can mm-hmm. see, and I was like, that's an old World War II uniform. Like, I mean, I, I know enough about World War II. So it did throw me, because I was like, and I, I was trying to think of Spider-Man characters, I was like, I can't think of a Spider-Man villain or character that ties back to it, like, being Asian, an Asian soldier in the war, or a war, and so I was very confused, but that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a weird, like, I don't know why they would do that. It is As far odd. as I know, his grandson isn't a character in the MCU, and then it's like, they were just like, well, we need to cast someone for the principal. Hey, you were in a Marvel movie once. Do you want to do this? And we'll say that you're your character's grandson? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it is odd. Maybe the director just knew him or something they yeah. wanted to put I don't know, but that is interesting. That answers the question, because we were talking about after we saw the movie, and none of, I was like, does anybody get who that possibly could have been? Uh, another interesting, like, surprise, uh, behind-the-scenes sort of, not a reference so much as as much of feels like an alarming coincidence, is that the voice of uh, Peter's, like, like basically his Jarvis in his new uh, um, Tony Stark Spider-Man suit, I think, like, Karen, right? Yeah, yeah um, he ends up calling her Karen. The, the voice actress that plays Karen is married to the voice, a- the voice actor that does Jarvis. They are husband and wife. So Wait, that are is, you sure? That, yeah. I thought the woman who did it was Jennifer Conley. It is, yeah. It is. Jennifer Conley is married to the guy who's Vision? Uh, that, that's what I read. I can verify yeah. it, though. I didn't know. Um, yeah. I did not know that. Huh. Yeah, I, I was surprised. We were trying to figure out who her voice was because she sounded so familiar. That's an interesting but connection that... about, like having like that couple of voice, like Tony Stark's like AIs. Yeah, confirmed. Uh, the, yeah. The, uh, Jennifer Connelly's husband is Paul Bettany, who mm-hmm. plays Vision and that is, Jarvis. I did not know that. And so was she, married. That's very interesting. She was in a previous Marvel movie, which you guys saw. Yes. Yes. Uh, which we oh, don't want to talk about. Oh, please. Oh, right. Hulk. Why yeah. would you bring it up, Chris? Fuck. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? So, um, just because this episode will inevitably be long, because there's so much cool shit to talk about, there's a bunch of tiny shit that I wanted to, to, to bring up. Uh, uh, throughout this throughout this movie. One is this scene that it stuck out to me the minute we left, which was just the amazing... Well, the whole thing, actually, was great, is this montage of, of, of Peter just working the streets. Mm-hmm. Just, like, yeah. trying to help, sometimes bungling it, which is good Spider-Man shit. Yeah. Like, fucking webbing a dude who's just trying to, like, get into his car so he locked his keys in there, and a bunch of people yelling at him. <laughs> it was very spider And him that was, staying, like, around very, to, like, like, staying around to argue, too, scene. was also very yeah, spider yeah. <laughs> And I just like that, like, they're all yelling, and then they're like, oh, Karen, how are you? And they just, like, walk <laughs> yeah. the conversation. It was like, I was like, that was, that's, it's Stanley. I mean, it's like a perfect use of a cameo. Yeah, Stanley as an old man yelling out of a window in New York City, like, like upper, upper west side or whatever, it's just fucking great. Yeah. But I also really enjoy um, this, that really just kind of odd scene where he's up on a balcony, he's up on the ledge of, of like, a five-story building, and some guy's like, hey, you Spider-Man? He's like, yeah. He's like, do a flip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He and does a flip. Like, yeah. <laughs> and they go, yeah. And then they just move on. That felt so like what it would be like if there was a Spider-Man. People yeah. would be like, hey, it's that fucking guy. Do a thing. Like, yeah. Yeah, it felt I, I, so natural. I loved it. The uh, thing I oh. liked, too, about that was it really was like, yeah, it's not the sort of thing like it is in the other Spider-Man movies. We're like, oh, my God, it's Spider-Man. At this point, New Yorkers would be so used to weird shit. They just see it and they'd be like, yeah. "Hey, do a like, 
they wouldn't be like, oh my god, it's a superhero, because they had an alien invasion. Yeah, you know I mean, like they're just used to it at this point. I kind of like that idea that it was like already being a superhero. It just sort of been like, eh. yeah, you know, like people aren't necessarily gonna have that reaction. I did also love in the after his montage of doing um, all of his like little day things, he calls Happy to give him his daily like weigh in. Yes, and uh, he's like, I helped a. Uh, like Puerto Rican woman who was lost. She was nice. She bought me a churro. And then he's just like, anyways, I just want to know when the next mission is. He hangs up and he's just like, why did I mention the churro? <laughs> but it's like, just the way he says it is like, it's so good. Like he's just like, he realizes right then as he's hanging up that he's like, why would I have brought up the churro? Why did I say that out loud? Yeah. I thought that, that was like, that was like some of the great, like just those jokes. Yeah, that and actually, even right before that, he was swinging from a building, and he misjudged something, and he just, like, slammed into, like, not, like, into the yeah. side of a building, but like, he just, like, skidded across road. that rooftop, and just, like, rolling over, and just, like, hops over, and he's like, I'm fine, it's like that thing, I'm just, like, where you're embarrassed, and you're just kind of like, no, no, yeah. no, yeah. Guys, guys, He guys. didn't account for, like, the depth of his swing, yeah, yeah it was really funny, yeah. It wasn't too, like, slapsticky either. It was just, like, it was just No, right. they, they kind of captured, like, you know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was not, like hip in school and i was kind of awkward and that, that was like the sort of thing that you're like you know when you just kind of want to not be noticed because you're not cool you always do something dumb and then everybody looks and you're just like god damn it so i thought that those were some of the best jokes were just sort of like his awkwardness as a nerd but i thought when they did introduce the karen the suit and it could talk to him I, that was a genius idea to give well, him somebody to like play off of yeah and the amount of jokes they get out of that suit in the first like 10 minutes they introduce it like, the kill mode, and he's just like, quit trying to go to instant kill. <laughs> yeah. And he's so, like, I don't know, like, in all the different webs, and then when he's, like, talking to her, he gets locked inside the damage control vault, and he's having that conversation, and I, that was, like, another joke where I'm like, it's so dumb, and, like, just sort of, like, not even really, a, like, I don't know, when he's just like, how long have we been in here? And she's like, 37 minutes. He's like, what? <laughs> it's just yeah. like you, you know, like, it plays to the audience, too, who's like, I guess hours have passed, because, you know, I'm just watching a movie and they keep cutting. Yeah. So this was a, a thing I just stumbled upon while trying to, to just, like, look for something else, because I noticed that um, the punk, the, the, the guy on the street who yells at him to do a flip is credited as punk on street, and then in parentheses, as Kirk Thatcher. And I'm like, that is odd, but also familiar and I was double checking, and I'm right. Um, a sort of a, a fan favorite in the nerd world from Star Trek IV, A Voyage Home, in which the characters are in New York City. Because a notable scene where Spock is on a bus and a punk rocker with a boombox oh, yeah. is rude to him. And he's referred to as punk on bus as Kirk Thatcher because it's the same guy. Huh. Wow. They got the they got the punk on bus guy from Star Trek Four to be the punk on street guy in Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> that's not an accident, right? Like that's we also yeah, give, and then give him this and then give him the same has not name. Learned what a punk is yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's just I'm sorry I just stumbled upon that and I, I'm yeah, like, no, that's, that's pretty cool. Super fucking odd. Yeah, that's sort of wow. a weird thing to do. Like, <laughs> I like just, it. They want to do a super super triple deep cut for Star Trek Four yeah. <laughs> in Spider Man. Anyway, um, so so uh, I, I also like that scene when they're trapped in the uh, in the in the damage control mm -hmm. bunker because it's also a chance for him to practice the suit, yeah. which seems like a necessary thing to establish before he goes into his next fight because there's too many things for him to do. It, it was almost like he just started playing a video game and they didn't do a tutorial. Like, he looks down at his hands and there's, like, nine combinations and he can't figure them out. Yeah. That's exactly what it felt like. So it was cool to see him, like, 
like when they cut like jumped ahead in time and there was like 15,000 webs all over the wall there's so much like cool stuff that they were able to do with the suit just for like the whole thing where he's like he was like, man, I'm trying to figure out who those guys were. And this is like, do you want to watch the video replay? He's like, oh, yeah. Like, and then he's like, and then the first clip it pulls up is just like him talking into the mirror. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, guys. How you doing? Cool party. <laughs> and then like, he's like, no, no, no. Jump ahead. Jump later. And he's like, oh, I am Thor. He's got like a meat mallet. <laughs> yeah. But what's great is, did you hear, did you hear Karen's reply to that when he's like, no, go forward some more? She's like, your imitations are hilarious. Yeah. yeah. She just has this weird robot voice. I was like, yeah. what a, like, a weird thing to include. Karen was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you pointed out, Chris, when we were talking earlier, that you enjoyed that there were so many people for, for Peter to talk to. Yes, because it did work in the other movies. Again, it's just standing off the failures and the success of the other movies. It's like, the monologuing, the voiceovers, people didn't like that about the other movies. And Peter Parker's always been a solitary character, but it's just like, well, just give him two people to talk to. Yeah. He had his friend, Ned, and then he had the suit. Yeah. And he was able to just kind of like just... A little bit of May, yeah. a little bit of Liz, a little mm-hmm. bit of Michelle. There's a, a number of people who like were a supporting cast. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I think that really added... Well, it added to the high school kind of vibe, but yeah, it also added for for Peter to talk about how fucking insane it is that he's able to climb buildings and sense danger and shoot webs. Oh, God, all of Ned's questions about what he can and can't do <laughs> right after he found out he was Spider-Man. Uh, although I will say it was incredibly unrealistic that they would bring an entire uh, Death Star Lego set to school and then build yeah, it? Yeah. What are you going to do with or, that? Or yeah. to somebody's house. I mean, that thing had, like, you said... You don't like, move that. Six, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like 30 or 3,000 pieces. It's like, why would you bring that with you? But, like, what... It, how do you get it to school and then what do you do with it once you're... De- uh, I'm sorry. Uh, but... <laughs> so, another thing I wanted to talk about um, uh, is the fight scenes. There's a fair amount of them in this movie and as a, a third watcher... Uh, what was that, folks? I was going to say, I, I thought... That was my big complaint about this movie. Looking back on it, I don't think there is actually that many Spider-Man scenes, like where he's fighting. There's really the the one where he's like chasing the van, which I don't really count as a fight scene. Then you've got the bank robbers or the people robbing the ATMs, and then you just have his fight against the Vulture and sort of the fight against uh, Shocker, where he's just so, getting beat. Yeah. So I, that was something that like in looking back, so I was like, mm-hmm. is there something about this movie? And that was the one thing that sort of bummed me out was. I wish they had put in more fight scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because it, I think they could have done some cool stuff that, you know, like when he's fighting those dudes that are dressed like the Avengers and stuff, I was like, that's a good scene. I wish they had done more of that. Because mm-hmm. I thought his fights with the Vulture were not very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, I I felt the same way where I was just like, the other movies did Spider-Man action better, like, or like fight scenes. Like, he did, they had a lot of cool Spider-Man scenes. But, um, so, like, when I watched it with Ben for the first time, I had been drinking, and I had to get up to use the bathroom, and I, at the end of the movie, I'm like, yeah, Ben, sorry, I kept getting up, like, honestly, I was waiting for, like, the fight scenes, because I didn't really care about them, and I'd already seen them twice, and I, but I cared about seeing all, like, the other stuff, like, I wanted yeah. to see the characters interacting, that was all so much more exciting, like, rewatchable than uh, the action scenes from this movie. Like, I skipped the whole thing where, like, the vulture came by and picked him up and then dropped him in the lake. I skipped all of that. I went, I stepped out of the theater and bought another beer and, like, went to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm not saying they're bad scenes. No, they're just not. Like, that, that's sort of the thing where it's, like, they got so much of, like, the Spider-Man stuff down pat that I was like, that's cool. They've got his personality. They've got all that going. But I was like, I just wish they had, had him beat up a couple more muggers. 
or that he there had been henchmen that he could have fought when he got to the vulture's place at the end of the movie. Yeah. Just something to give him something to do. I did like, though, that like, there just wasn't street crime from the fight, because, like, realistically, modern-day yeah. New York, like, if you're just, like, swinging around or, like, walking around, how much crime are you really going to stumble across? Yeah. Like, what's yeah, the yeah. likely... I mean, it's like, not saying there isn't crime, but it's, like, the likelihood of you seeing it. You're always just finding out, like, three leather-jacketed muggers attacking one woman in, in a like, a sundress in, like, an alley. That's, yeah. like, what they always find in every comic book movie. Um... So I think we would also be remiss not to mention uh, Martin Starr, mm-hmm. his performance as the uh, uh, as the coach or the or the, the teacher yeah. for the, uh, yeah, for the science team. He has tribute. another yeah. great joke. <laughs> when he's on that TV show oh, God, and they're yeah. talking about Spider-Man, he's like, I couldn't have, like, at the, him, Spider-Man saving the students, he's like, I couldn't have uh, taken losing a, stu- losing a student on a field trip. I also not absolutely again. adore his <laughs> bit like where he's like, pause. Where he's like, you want to stay out here and just marvel on this landmark? And she's like, I don't want to like, you know, appreciate something that was built by slaves. He's like, I'm sure it wasn't built. And he kind of looks over to like one of like, the, 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 security the, the security guards who just kind of shakes the head slowly. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Well, you stay down here and read your book. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, very, very good comedic dialogue written into this movie. And none of it like necessary, but all of it's super enjoyable. Yeah, and it all I, like all those jokes landed. There wasn't yes. a joke that I yeah. thought was a groaner. Exactly, and that, that's, I guess, maybe what I should have said earlier when I said I disagree with you about the Andrew Garfield. To me, the, the jokes in that are, like, they would be fine normally, I guess, but they, they come off to me as, like, I'm like, ugh, where these are all just, like, one of my favorite jokes in this entire movie, which is sort of, I don't know if you guys noticed, but do you, like, he does, like, a stereotypical New Yorker accent when he's in Washington, and he's trying to save his friends so they yeah. won't recognize his voice. Yeah. But he's doing, like, a cartoon, like, he's like, Hey, everybody okay here? I mean, it's like, yeah. people don't talk like that. It, I thought that was, like, a great joke that he it had felt, the forethought to be like, I gotta like, disguise my voice. Yeah. And the only thing he could think of was to be like, Yeah, on the New spot York. is, like, dumb, dumb New Yorker. Yeah, yeah, again, it's just, like, just Peter Parker being bad at being Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, did you catch, I assume that the, the scene where he's hanging upside down and the suit says, now's your oh, time yeah. to kiss him. I yeah. assume that was supposed to be a reference oh, yeah. to the famous spider-man kiss that ben still refuses to do with his wife uh uh, allegedly uh (laughs) the only sort of bit that i thought didn't like uh, that wasn't like a a home run for me was when he was uh in the suburbs and he's running uh after the van and taking a shortcut he's doing this sort of ferris bueller run and i'm like as he's doing it i'm like this is kind of like a ferris bueller thing i appreciate that then they cut to like him running past the movie ferris bueller playing on tv i'm like guys it could yeah, be, that that joke yeah. was a little. It, it could just be a joke between you and me, because <laughs> yeah. who's who's hosting a like what appears to be a like ten o'clock at night barbecue by the pool with Ferris Bueller on TV? It, it also, also like, like it's in the, the fall. The is like yeah. homecoming is coming up soon. Oh, yeah. so it's like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not summer like, anymore. He runs past like a guy cooking out too. It's like it's like ten thirty at night. Who is yeah. cooking yeah. on a it's grill? Super late. And then like and the also, girls like sleeping outside in the tent. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was good because yeah. his eye was, was like that was a hilarious shot. Like the mouth, the eyes like malfunction, <laughs> and they just like scream. God damn it. 
I could quote like oh, jokes from this movie all night. He fucking night. swings and he catches the treehouse and it just like pulls the treehouse out of the tree. So much damage that like, he yeah. drops the oh, tool yeah. shed and like hedges and like an entire like lattice thing. Yeah, he just blasts that neighborhood apart. <laughs> Which is also fun because he's from New York where every, most of the time his terrain is metal and steel and concrete. He's not doing that. But yeah, yeah, when he's out in the suburbs, every surface just collapses under his weight. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's a good bit. It's all good bits. Um, now here, here's a question I have for you guys because I'm yeah. curious. Did you see the twist, if we can call it that, coming at the end? I when Peter did Parker, not. Yeah, when Peter Parker goes to pick up uh, Liz, who he has asked out to prom after he stopped uh, being homecoming. Spider-Man. Homecoming, sorry, thank you. After he quit, he quits being Spider-Man because Tony Stark takes his suit back, and so he's sort of thinking that he shouldn't do it anymore because he screwed up. He shows up and the door is open and it is it's Tombs the Vulture. Now, I did not see it coming either, and when they first opened, I was like, oh my god, he figured out that, how did he figure out that Spider-Man was Peter Parker? I, it never occurred to me that he was going to be Liz's dad, even then, until mm-hmm. he's like, so you're here to take my daughter out, and I was like, oh, right, we never saw her father. Yes. <laughs> like, I did not see it coming at all. So here's the thing, I my brain logged away uh, the fact that, that this house seems way too nice, it oh, seems so almost nice. like Flash's house mm-hmm. because they establish him as being rich. So when it was actually Liz's house, I, I, I was like, that's interesting. It wasn't until Peter was walking up the front steps that my brain started going. Now, I don't, I'm not going to say that I, 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 I realized it was going to be uh, Tombs, it was going to be Vulture. Mm-hmm. What I thought was, I'm like, oh, are they establishing that she's like the, the, the daughter of like a crime boss? Like a like you know like a kingpin like kind of character. That's where I, my brain started to go. I'm yeah. like, is she the daughter of some like Marvel like? Because there's a fair amount of enemies that Spider-Man fights that are just like mob bossy kind of characters. Right. So I, I I but yeah, it wasn't until the door opened I was like, oh shit, of course, yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> good. I, I never... felt really dumb when it happened. Yeah. No. Well, and for I can... me, the reason why I would never think something like that is because they banked off my nerdiness. And the fact that I knew who Liz Allen was, even though they never called her Liz Allen, she was just a yeah, Liz. Yeah, I, I guess, yeah. And so in my head, I thought I knew who she was. It was the same thing in um, The Dark Knight with the um, the uh, Hispanic police detective. Mm. You think she's going to be Renee Montoya, but they never say her name. And then she ends up being a mob, like, informant mm-hmm. or, like... Some, like a crooked cop. Yeah. And then, but you don't find that out until the end. And for us nerds who are just like, oh, she's Renee Montoya. She's one of the good guys. We never saw that twist coming because yeah, they were banging yeah. off of my super nerdiness. Right, right. Huh. Now, I'm going to go, I'm going to pretend like that's what happened to me and not that I was just dumb. Because <laughs> I really was like, wait, like as soon as like he said it, I was like, oh my God, I'm dumb. Like normally I see these things coming a mile away, but it never occurred to me. Like, to be like, oh, because I just, like, I guess, too, the problem was, or maybe my issue was, I knew What's-His-Name had a daughter, because they mentioned it in the beginning, but I guess I was still thinking she was going to be a kid, like a little kid, because I was not thinking of the fact seven years had passed, and they were looking at her drawing she had Mm -hmm. done. So in my mind, he just had a little kid. So it never occurred to me, but I thought that was, like, an interesting twist. But I also thought it was, like, sort of ballsy that... He's just like, yeah, I'm positive this guy's Spider-Man, so I'm gonna come right out and threaten to murder him. What if Peter yeah. Parker was Spider-Man? Yeah. I'm gonna pull his like, hand what if he was just out like, of my glove box? <laughs> yeah, what if he gets out of his car and he calls the police and he's like, this guy just threatened to murder? Yeah, because I think the flip for him is that is that a he he mentions the Stark alignment, 
uh, which is sort of like it puts it in the zone. But then when he mentions having also been in DC, but not in the incident that yeah. almost killed everyone but him, basically, uh, that was sort of the trigger. But I'm like, yeah, that could still mean that like there's a friend, another person there <laughs> that's the Spider-Man. Yeah. And he's that person's Ned, you know what I mean? So yeah, it is it is hilarious. It would be really funny for it's him just going to just... homecoming and be like, dude, your dad's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> he just pulled a gun on me. That is not a euphemism. Yeah. Uh, he says something about not revealing my secret identity, but I don't know what that means. <laughs> I am genuinely frightened for my life. Yeah. I also just think it's like it's one of those things to me where he's too quick to all of a sudden be like, I bet this kid's Spider-Man. And it's like I get that they're like he heard his voice, but wouldn't there just be like a part of your mind that's like, there's no way Spider-Man's a sophomore in high school. Like, that's just so unbelievable that he would be a child, like a, a young person like that, that you would just be like, nah, they must just sound. But he's just like instantly like, wait a minute, kind of sounds the same. Was in D.C., they've got to be the same person. I thought it was just a weird jump. I, I agree that it was a weird jump, but I let it slide. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, not saying me, like it ruined the film for me, but I was just like, I was like, wow, this guy's ballsy, because what if he was wrong? Yeah, for me, like, Michael Keaton, honestly, like, the entire time I was watching the movie, I'm like, man, he's just, like, playing, like, this, like, really good blue-collar Green Goblin right now. Yeah. yeah. That's, like, kind of, like, how I felt, like, about the character. Um, a lot less crazy, obviously. Yeah, very believable, very entertaining. Yeah. And then really intense but, when like, he needed to be. like, the look in his eyes when he realizes who Peter is. Oh, like, man. It's, like, this, yeah, it's like... It's like a switch. Uh, but it's, like, a good kind of controlled intensity, not, like, uh... Uh, what's his name doing those weird mirror scenes in the uh, the oh, old Defoe, talking yeah. to a helmet on? <laughs> and I love shirt. William Defoe. It's yeah. just he's like he's doing some like next level shit in that movie. It does not feel natural. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, I will shit. say the one thing that bummed me out about, and this is not Michael Keaton's fault, but I thought it was weird that when he show when Spider Man shows up and Spider Man he's like giving Spider Man this speech, and it's like it, it's a speech that it's not that hard to write because i mean it's it's something that is you know like the idea that rich people take advantage of everybody which is like uh, yeah that's a pretty universally known fact you know what i mean especially if you live in the united states i just thought like they really missed a chance to like he gives this speech which isn't as good as it could have been especially with michael keaton delivering it and then spider-man's reply is just why are you telling me this And i was like oh he doesn't even have like a i was expecting for him to be like to say something, you know, about, like, the great power thing, but I guess, you know, they didn't want to do that in this movie, but I thought it was, like, a weird turn that it was, like, there was just, like, this weird little speech, and then it just ends, and Spider-Man's crushed. Maybe that was just me. Um, so, I think we've, I think we've hit our, hit, certainly hit a Spider-Man density here, um, but one, one last thing on the way out is, um, we, we've only spent a little time on, on Iron Man, on Tony Stark, and, his sort of, like, role in this. Um, like you said, Happy almost seems to have more screen time than he does. What I did enjoy, though, is the trailers made it seem like Iron Man was going to be all over this thing. Like, yeah. Because they used so much footage of him. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't the case, which was very good. Uh, but I also really super dug the scenes he was in. We talked about it earlier, where he's just chewing up the fucking scenery. He's He's got all these improv lines. He's places pretty convincing father figure though yeah and tom holland does a really good job sort of being infatuated with him as like a as like an idol and and having this sort of like hero worship which makes that moment at the end when he turns down 
the the special suit and like a role as a part of the Avengers, which is by the way a crazy plan. He's yeah. still fourteen, you know. Yeah. A uh, fifteen. Uh, fifteen. He's still <laughs> fucking fifteen. He's got to like he's not finished high school, right. you know. He he'd have to um he'd have to basically give up his secret identity to do that, right? I mean, because he's he's he'd have a spot in the Avengers compound. Well, a lot of them, but I mean I don't know if like how much the public has access to like right but shield would know shield would know but like do you think shield doesn't know that's fair that's fair <laughs> because i mean like tony Stark was already saying like i he was already talking about Spider-Man. was like i was the only one who believed in bringing a 14 year old kid in and then spider-man corrected was like oh i'm 15 all right it's like it's like other people know who he is yeah like and it's the the ultimate universe did this where shield always knew peter parker was spider-man and actually nick fury filled this role that they have tony Stark playing in this movie where Right, Fury was always just like, "You're gonna eventually become an uh, an ultimate, but not yet." Yeah, for Enjoy now. Enjoy being a kid. For, for now, now. Yeah, be young. Yeah, I really enjoyed that scene to sort of cap off his like arc because he does have an arc at that point because it's way more confidence. Mm-hmm. He does realize that you know he was omitting so much of his high school life because of, of chasing that Spider Man. That Spider-Man like existence really yeah. well fucking put together. You know, we, we complain a lot in our, our, our movie reviews that characters don't feel like they have arcs, that origin stories go on too long, that there's too many villains, uh, you know, that 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 a character that's supposed to be funny isn't funny. You know, all this shit. Um, and then we make jokes about how oh that's an absurd thing. You know, uh, someone would certainly comment on that. And then in this movie, that's like exactly what the person does. Yeah. Um, so I found like this movie was like answering like a lot of the problems that we had with superhero movies. Um, I'm not saying it's like the perfect movie, but that's... I, it blew my mind. It, yeah. would, it, it nailed a lot of these, uh, these sort of like criteria for a good superhero movie, which is of course is the point of the podcast. Yeah. It's super impressive, which is why it's so disappointing that it's not doing well in theaters. It's really yeah. annoying. Which is also though, apparently I will say this, uh, the next weekend after the third weekend, the movie that beat it, which was Planet of the Apes, also had, like, a huge drop-off. So I don't know if it's just, like, something with the month of July where movies do really well when they come out and then disappear or what. But it seemed like two blockbusters back-to-back sort of had amazing opening weekends and then really not good second weekends. Well, I'm going to say... And when I say not good, I mean for a blockbuster. Not, I mean, like, they're... Yeah. Their second weekend still made more money than most movies make, and like you know, a, a normal film would make in its whole run. As I'm gonna say though, as someone who has been enjoying this Planet of the Apes reboot, the third one's awful. Not like uh, really? not bad as like in like it's like it's not like a bad movie, but it's like I watched the second one. I rewatched the second one right before I saw the third one, and I just was so confused by everything that happened in the third one. It is so mediocre. Um, I don't think people who go to movies care or whatever, you know, most people do, but like, yeah, I, man, I love that franchise so much. And the first two were so good. You know, the first one was surprising. It was good because it was so surprisingly good, like compared to like my expectations. And the second one was just actually good. Yeah. The third one's not great. Well, that's a bummer. Hopefully though, Spider-Man, I mean, Spider-Man made enough money to guarantee there will be a sequel. Um, And part of it tons. also could just be that fans were burnt by the last franchise. People didn't that is true. care for it. Yeah, I didn't think it was as bad as people thought it was. Um, the second well, movie... The, the second one is, is so yeah, aggressively bad that it's it like, is. even if you like the first one, you have to be like, uh, 
Yeah. And uh, I will say that, you know, I, I don't know, too, it could just be, I mean, maybe this movie is the first movie to hit sort of, maybe we're going to see a superhero fatigue finally set in in movie-going audiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it's very people possible. are just tired of seeing superhero films, and I don't know. Or maybe it is, you know, I mean, Spider-Man is a character that has been done a lot, and I think he's one of those characters who sort of, some people are just, either like are like oh I like Spider Man or you just don't like him you know what I mean because he's so popular or whatever so who yeah. knows they made enough money there's already all sorts of internet speculations about the next film about what'll happen after uh, Infinity Wars people are saying that he'll get the uh, symbiote. symbiote during the Infinity Wars and he'll cut, they'll do their own Venom movie so there's all sorts of stuff uh, happening it'll be interesting to see where it goes mm-hmm. uh, did you you guys yeah, watch the well, I was going to oh, say, um, they, a uh, Sony um, exec or something like that accidentally leaked in a uh, an interview that, like, the Venom movie is going to be in the MCU, is going to be part yeah, of the MCU. Yeah, he, he said it twice, but Kevin Feige has said it three times that, no, it is not, it has nothing to do with the Marvel yeah. films. Well, that's he, the keeps thing, saying, yeah. he keeps saying, and he made sure to say, so somebody was like, so there'll be no Venom in the MCU, and he said, oh, no. Yeah, he said, well, you know, that that could happen, but he said it will not be the venom from this. So let me go on record saying that venom will happen. Uh, <laughs> I don't represent either parties, but I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna get this out there to try. And oh, venom! It. Yeah, venom. Yeah. Venom's definitely happening. Tom Hardy. I'm really hoping yeah. he does a Marvel version of Venom. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they tie all this stuff together. And I would assume that Marvel, unless the Venom movie turns out to be spectacular, they will not want to tie it together because. Let's face it, Sony hasn't been the best at rolling out solid no. films, so they're probably just like, let us make our version of Venom that'll be less shitty. So, no, but I definitely, just, I was gonna say, I recommend looking up the interview I'm talking about because actually Kevin Feige is, or like, uh, yeah, he's like, he's actually sitting right there next to the person, and he just cringes a little bit and like looks around when they say that and doesn't say anything. Honest. Yeah, but he, they did interview him. Like, I know they have. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I know he in the did... past, but like I guess I haven't heard any interviews since that interview where he's again reiterated that that's not true. Yeah, to my knowledge, the second time they said it in public, he was like, he came out and he was like, that's not true. Yeah, which he, I hope so. There, there is no so. MCU movies that we do not make, and we're not making the Venom movie. Yeah. So they're like, that's it doesn't count. So it'll be interesting to see the the leaked footage for. Infinity Wars is online unless it's already mm-hmm. been pulled down. Uh, it looks pretty interesting. Spider-Man will appear in it, so it'll all be interesting to see where all these Marvel movies are going to culminate in this mammoth two-film yeah. opus. Although I gotta be honest, the uh, Thanos's look in Infinity Wars is kind of weird, especially because they've fan. already established him as yeah, looking like what... comic, like lo- uh, you know, like he looks like the comic character every other time he's appeared, and then I don't know why they changed his appearance for this next movie but yeah okay. he's just like he's like bald and he's not wearing a head thing I was like, yeah. why is he not wearing the thanos outfit you keep showing you showed him in six movies he's wearing the same outfit every time yeah so interesting uh, choice but i yeah. think that's gonna wrap up uh spider-man homecoming we recommend if you haven't seen it you shouldn't have listened to this podcast and you should go see the movie it's well worth it it's a great funny movie um chris do you have anything you want to point anybody towards no, I have nothing. I do nothing. <laughs> I am nothing. That's not true, uh, Chris. You're one of my favorite guests. Who try out Smite if you haven't tried yeah. out the game Smite and join us <laughs> and uh, help us 
have a full team in Smite. We can do recommend that right now. <laughs> yeah. One day, one day, Chris will get a computer and he will play games that I own, and it's going to be great. Uh, until <laughs> oh, then, yeah. I'll be disappointed forever. Uh, um, as always, you can find me uh, at the Disco Pony on Twitter, and of course, for the love of oh God, throw up a like on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, iTunes movie review. Uh, subscribe to this podcast literally anywhere, anywhere. Just click the like button on SoundCloud for fuck's sake. We yeah. could use the help. It's really, uh, it's really great to, to see a response, to see comments, to see it shared. It helps us out in a number, a myriad of ways, and we uh, we absolutely appreciate it. And if you do listen to the podcast, I we would love to hear from you. You can leave a message at facebook.com/naospod, or you can tweet at us. Although neither one of us really checks it. It's uh, at naospod on Twitter. But send us a message, suggest a movie, make a comment. Uh, most of the time, if people comment, even just to be like, you know, just random things, we'll mention it on the mini episode, just because we like hearing from uh, our listeners. So until next week, I got nothing. I am nothing.